But this week, myself, Josh and Lockie, we're doing it all for Food Bank. It's a food relief round on Sunday as Western United take on the Western Sydney Wanderers. And we're delighted to be joined by Melbourne radio personality, legend, <laughs> legendary Fox <laughs> FM announcer. It's really an honour to have him here in the FNR studio, slumming it with us, turned Chief Communications Officer for Food Bank, Matt Tilly, welcome to FNR and welcome to the green room. Thank you for being able to read my auspicious introduction there. I thought my handwriting might be a bit scrawly, but um, I'm happy. what did you call me? Radio what? I think you're radio royalty. I'm not sure what oh, you should know. You wrote it for us. <laughs> <laughs> I have different ones for different shows. <laughs> no, it's lovely to be here. It's a great honour. And we're so grateful that obviously um, Western United and you guys are getting right behind us this round. It feels very comfortable being back in a radio studio. It feels very uncomfortable not being paid for it, I must say. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, we're very excited about this round and we, we want to try and make a, a lot of noise about it, partly because, obviously, a win this weekend, we jump ahead and we're well and truly on top and that's a fair way into the season, but also because Western United have been mm. fantastic. They've really, they, you know, they've sought us out and it's important to them to be a part of community and we love being a part of them. And plus, purple, green and black, they work really well together. I want to start with you, though. Mm? What on earth possessed you to leave the glitz and glamour of commercial radio behind and uh, go into... A cause such as this? It's part of my parole conditions, first and <laughs> foremost. <laughs> Just a couple of years giving back to the community. Yeah, so that's what the guy outside is doing. <laughs> makes sense. That's right. And that's, that, that's not a bracelet around my ankle. <laughs> um, no, I uh, look, it's a, it's a complicated journey. I don't want to bore people with it. But I, look, during my time in radio, we, we found lots of different ways to raise money for charities. And I used to do these prank phone calls and all the profits from those CDs went to charities. And so I met a lot of people in the charity world. And Food Bank were, well, they're an organisation that was clever enough to disguise a boys' cycling weekend as a charity event. And so I got dragged along to that and met the CEO, Dave, and we really clicked. And he didn't know that I'd been quietly studying away business governance in not-for-profits and stuff. So I'd sort of had a, an eye on wanting to end up there one day. I just thought if I get really rich one day, I'll retire and do that. And it all worked except for the really rich part. <laughs> uh, but I'm a big believer in karma and I, I, I want to have a nice, you know, afterlife. It's, um, but it's an incredible organisation. I mean, you go in there and it's in Yarraville. It's just under the Westgate Bridge and most people think, oh, it'll just be a you know, little warehouse with a roller door. It's like two or three Bunning stores big, our warehouse. It's yeah. enormous. And B-double trucks roll through all day, every day, dropping food off, collecting it, delivering it to 550 charities from Mildura to Mallacoota. Some radio habits never leave like alliteration. <laughs> I'm sure you'll get some puns soon too. So it's great. I love it. Why is this cause really close to your heart? What caught you? I mean, you've, you've done so many charitable causes over the years. You've come into contact with so many different worthy causes for your time. Why does this one resonate so much? Look, sadly, I'm a really tragic competitive vegetable grower, right? <laughs> and it's not something I talk about a lot. Uh, and I, I guess because I knew Dave and stuff, but I liked the idea of going out and meeting growers and producers and being able to get their excess. And you know how we don't like a banana that's not bent right or a potato that's the wrong shape. And I sort of was always intrigued by what could be done with that stuff. Mm. Um, but I'm not a warrior. I'm not a huge food campaigner or anything like that. It just makes sense to me. I think homelessness, the right to eat, you know, the need for shelter, um, the need for support, support for people with mental health issues. like They're just sort of some of the basics. They're all important. I don't see them one as any more important than the other. It's just this one had the best title on offer. Mm. Chief well, Communications Officer, you don't walk away from that. It sounds like a military title. You it's, get your own business cards yeah, as well. I was going to say. <laughs> you know, I've still got the 200 in a box because I keep forgetting to use them. 
So we had a, the, <laughs> I would have fa- taken one. We had a fantastic function. Uh, there was like a business network Western United did during the week. It was great out there at the hangar at Essendon and everyone was handing their, their business cards. I'm like, oh, I've got some back at work. Yeah, can I, you just wait a couple of yeah, minutes? I've got to head back up the road. Yeah, I usually get them to get bits of steak out of my teeth, but I, I guess this is what you really use them for, right? <laughs> Well, other than the business cards, how has the experience of, of being involved with the, the charity been over the last few years? Because it feels like you know, present events taken taken into a account never really been a more important time for this charity to be doing the work that it does. You're right, but it's also created great opportunity. And that's look, that's when I started there. Dave pulled me aside and said, mate, I think this thing's going to be pretty big. I'm like, we might even have to wear masks. <laughs> Maybe. Um, and he said, I think that will be an an opportunity for us. He actually quoted Winston Churchill who said, never waste a good crisis if you can make change. So, uh, and it has been enormous. And we've been able to do all kinds of things. We set up a pop-up store for international students when they, of course, were abandoned. They didn't get any help. They were stuck here. They couldn't go to school. Mm. All their traditional jobs like cleaning and hospo and all that sort of stuff shut down. And we had, in the end, it was just started as an idea at a little shop in La Trobe. We had 60,000 students through. So yeah. we wouldn't be able to try new things like that. And so that's a plan we're going to roll out across Victoria now. We wouldn't be able to try that if it wasn't for COVID and there wasn't that sense of urgency. And the community has been amazing. The support's been phenomenal. And a lot of people, I mean, I love being able to say this, but a lot of people ring up and go, you know, COVID's actually been pretty good for us. I don't like to say it too loud, but, you know, we're this business or we're that business or mm. we're online and it's gone crazy but we know how hard people are doing it. we just want to support you guys and financial donations and opportunities so it has been a really busy and interesting and amazing time and i mean we opened our warehouse last year for a couple of drives through you know when those lockdowns were really serious and a lot mm. of people just couldn't get out mm. didn't have family or friends for food and we had cars backed up from our warehouse up over the westgate bridge about three and a half kilometers and the police ended up having to shut it down i remember seeing the safety. stories at the it time was huge yeah. We had TV choppers above us and I was getting NAM flashbacks. No, I'm not that old. <laughs> uh, and But in that moment, there's, there is a sense of exhilaration and being able to help, but it's also really hard to deal with when you're seeing people drive through, mm. they're living in their cars, mums with two kids in the back and you're thinking there's blankets and stuff in here because you're finding somewhere to sleep and you don't have any food. And everyone we see is so grateful. It's just the best. Like it really is quite uplifting and you get a bit teary and stuff because they just can't believe that you've got that for them. And I'm kind of like, well, I'm handing it to you, but there's a whole chain of people behind me in the community who donates who've been able to do this. Well, it's, I think it's amazing how generous people can be once they're made aware of the scale of the problem. Yeah. And I noticed you brought in a very pretty infographic there. So oh, why, only why don't because, you rattle off some only stats? Only because I had it printed and I've got to justify the cost. <laughs> Well, every year we do this thing called the Hunger Report, which is to actually put some, you know, facts around it. Um, and, you know, it's been extraordinary. COVID has just really blasted everything off mm. the radar. And we saw early on in COVID, like, the number of people requiring food relief went up by about 47%, right? So that's enormous. At the same time, a lot of charities were closing because of lockdowns and COVID restrictions and a lot of their volunteers are elderly. So they just seeped away and holed up in their houses. So... It was really a critical time. But I think the thing that really hit home was so 31% of, of the people who were reaching out during COVID had never had to ask for food before. And some of them were saying, we used to donate to you guys just a couple of years ago. We never thought we'd be at your doorstep. And we used mm-hmm. to hear that a lot. And, and we, even 
So now on the latest hunger report, we're, we're feeding around, I'm going to read the stat here, 296,800 people a month. A month? Yes. I was expecting a year at the end of that sentence. Nope. Uh, and, you know, that's not every day, but no. that's how many people are accessing us each month. Sometimes 296 and 802, sometimes 798. We round it out. But it is, um, you know, they're phenomenal numbers. And when you, st- you know, our school breakfast program goes into a thousand of the 1500 government schools. So two thirds of them have kids who have on other days and before our program arrived been told by parents, you know, if you're hungry, eat a tissue or something. That'll stop your tummy rumbling. Mm. How's that for That's... heartbreaking? And then you think, no wonder kids act up in class and people throw things around like ADD and coming from bad families. They're just hungry. You know how you can't concentrate when you're hungry. Mm. Mm. So to have things like that, that we can turn around where they get fresh fruit and cereal and milk all grown and produced in Victoria, that's, that's fantastic to know. But not many people know about it. Yeah, I mean, and to go back to what you said earlier about how certain people coming to food bank in need of support mm. in the past couple of years have been people previously who donated. It's not necessarily, and I'll admit myself to, to being guilty of this, that sometimes in Australia it's not necessarily shortage of food is not always something that you think about. And one in six um, adult Australians being, mm. you know, not having adequate levels um, is the, the figure that I read and is astounding. It's, it's astounding. And what we found in COVID is, is like m- mental illness and depression, hunger now, or oh, I don't like using the word hunger because we tend to think about how we feel at three o'clock or what happens in Africa, but mm. the need for food relief or families doing it tough or who can't feed their kids, it's indiscriminate now because, you know, if your business shuts down for three months, you know, and you just run a restaurant and you're going, all right, it's the cash flow. And if you can't buy food, you can't buy food. And everybody saw what happened with the panic buying. Just mm. for a minute there, we're all like, there's no pasta on the shelves here. What are we going to eat? And I, I think a lot of people have responded emotionally and gone, okay, I get it now. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know there was that many people who are like that day to day, month to month. It's uh, amazing when, you know, you've been insulated from that all your life and then mm. panic suddenly mm. sets and in. And it's something that's still going on now, even as we come towards this phase where we feel more, certain people feel more comfortable at, about everything. There are still those sort of shortages on oh, everyday 100%. items. So this year's been a real challenge for us because of the, the different type of lockdowns and isolation with Omicron. Farmers don't want to pull stuff out of the ground because there's no drivers to deliver it to the supermarket. So for the first time ever this year, we were spending over $20,000 a week on fresh fruit and veg ourselves, which we can get about $90,000 worth just through our connections and because we don't take the premium stuff the supermarkets do. Mm -hmm. We've never had to do that. It's always been donated down the chain, but there was just nothing left. It just wasn't coming from the farms. There were no drivers. There was no people at distribution centres. And so we're like, okay, we're in the game now too. Where does Western United come into all this and the recovery of the West and, and Melbourne as a whole? Well, we're hoping that they finish last, have to sell their grounds and we can grow some corn and stuff on the <laughs> soccer field. <laughs> That's the long, long play. No, they, they've come to us because I think they are so grounded in community and because we're out West, so are they. But they also have bigger feelings and grander plans and I, re- I really like it. It's, it's a franchise that's grown from the ground up. It just hasn't been handed to someone rich as a plaything. And they are 100%. We're, we're really impressed and, and really proud to be a part of this organisation because they, they get in and they get involved. We've got the game this weekend and it's not just we're not just on the scoreboard with a website. There's heaps going on. The players are involved. We had our big new double-length piano accordion-style bus, mini mobile supermarket out the ground. 
Well, I wanted to ask about that to, because, you know, we've seen the buy-in from the players. We've got, you know, a number of ambassadors, Ryan Scott, Leo mm-hmm. Lacroix, and Alyssa Deloste, who will be joining us later. But we saw some photos of them in and around this bus. I, I need to know more because we know about the big warehouses, the B-doubles. Buses apparently this this bus, the food bank bus, is, is a sight to behold. This is my Keanu Reeves fantasy. <laughs> Well, it just goes to show you how, how companies thought differently during COVID. And the story of these, we've got two of them now, and they're called articulated buses. You would have seen them with the piano accordion bit in oh, the yeah. middle. And I've they, ridden them, even. Yeah, and they sort of, they're the ones that sort of go half over roundabouts because they're just so big <laughs> and elongated. <laughs> so Skybus, of course, didn't have many travellers to pick up during COVID. Uh, apart from taking people to the quarantine hotels, not many drivers volunteering for that shift. And uh, we had always had the idea of a bus and I happen to know that, well, the CEO of Skybus, one of them, Mike uh, Seward's massive soccer man, big Liverpool man, he is a great friend of Food Bank and they'd supported us before and I said, have you got a bus? We'd love to just do a little pantry. And, and two. Well, he turned up, he said, have we got a bus? And him and the co-CEO, Adam, <laughs> he said, just, you'll hear us honking the horn on Wednesday, <laughs> open your roller door and we walked outside and it was this thing, it just kept going. It was like stretched out onto the road. And they're like, we've got another one. And so they, the, the engineering firm Volgren fitted it out, put shelves in, fridges, freezers, generators, and it's massive. It's, it's literally a supermarket on wheels. So how can people get involved if they're coming down to the game on Sunday? I understand there's kicks at the crossbar going on for people who yeah, don't. Yeah, I think there's a little bit going on at half time. That's what I've heard. Uh-huh. Uh, I'll, I'll be up, you know, hobnobbing at the chairman's president's mm-hmm. function. We'll be auctioning stuff there, of course, trying to squeeze the corporate dollar. But, uh, you know, people can come along and they can get a sense of what we do. And, I mean, really for us, it's, it's about donations. I know that sounds rude, but here's the thing. Here's what I can promise you. Every dollar donated... Two meals created. So you donate mm. fifty bucks. That's a hundred meals. That's a couple of families being fed for a week. That's a pretty good feeling. So you can accomplish that via the supply chains you have access to and the That's kind of metrics. economy of scale that exactly you're dealing right. with. Right. By the to- obviously we need to distrib- distribute it and pack it and sort it out and stuff. But the- balancing up the stuff that comes for free with the costs that we incur, even just like electricity and all those sort of things we have to pay for, that's our metric, mm. and we've we've squared it away, and we reckon it's pretty good. So um, financial donations are the, the best and yep. most direct yep. way you can help. If you want to come and volunteer, you can jump on our website, foodbank.org.au. Um, you don't have to just hand cash. We find now lots of people go, you know what, for my bar mitzvah, don't buy me any presents, donate to Food Bank. There's a million things you can do. People are a lot smarter than me. They know <laughs> how to make money. Well, we hope you get plenty of exposure on the weekend. Uh, mm. But the greatest coup, I think, was uh, was pre-show when you turned uh, myself and Lockie into walking billboards. Yeah, you've got the uh, tattoos on shall there, we boys. Reveal them to the cameras. I've got my exposing a little bit branded. too much of my own flesh here. But um, this is going to look bad when I go to get my booster and they just hit the big <laughs> advertisement for food bank. Oh, I That'd be a good thing great. actually. I think you've got better arms than me. <laughs> I got like spaghetti arms, so they don't really count. But um, yeah, we're hoping some. We were hoping some of the players would have them on, but most of them have already got stuff. It's already been rented out. Yeah, I don't think there's any free. Space yeah. available Not on Alexandro Diamante anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, so unless they wear it on their forehead, but then that I don't know, that might affect headers, I uh, reckon. I offered Lucy beforehand to put it on my noggin, but she, she said no. No interest. Oh, well, I can't help you guys. And they only last a couple of days. Well, everyone get along to the match on Sunday and get along to the website, foodbank.org.au. That's the one. Yeah, that's the one. Thank you. Thank you for having us and thank you for getting behind... Us, it's, we really appreciate it. Thank you for coming in and joining us. Pleasure, lads. See ya.